don't know if we like talked about remote work on this podcast at all uh, last year specifically. <laughs> Probably a lot, but like nothing like because I, I think I'm the only one here who has job <laughs> like actual job you know. I, I take money from man <laughs> like <laughs> some company pays me that's what i mean uh and i totally f- think i flipped on like remote in the last year from like eh, i want to go back to an office and now i'm like no but i could buy a house and like do my own thing and like work remote and enjoy it and i think that's sort of where it comes from we'll see <laughs> yeah i but, think it has to know. do with the fact that when you took a job yeah. You were looking for that office yeah. experience. <laughs> now it's all gone. <laughs> and that just left. And I yeah. think it needs some adjustments. And yeah. in the beginning, I, I know that we talked a lot about working remote in the beginning because um, it all seemed temporary as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we talked about how, you know, actual remote is different from yeah. panic remotes. Yeah, and I think, like, now I'm kind of excited because, I mean, uh, I I imagine a lot of people are in a similar thing where they're, like, house sort of works for it, but, uh, and you've invested some money or time in, like, making it, like, okay, but I still work in a living room. (laughs) It's not ideal. Uh, So, but uh, interesting fact about, uh, even though it sounds really remote out there, uh, Vancouver Island, you're like, oh, it's it's an island, the internet's going to be shit. I I got, like, 1.5 gig fiber, I'll have you know. (laughs) Yeah, so yeah. uh i already got that hooked up uh but it's it's really cool because it's like uh, out there we were able to get a place where we could have two home offices with doors that close and I, from everything i've heard from people it's like if you want to make it sustainable you need to have a room you can go into and not go into any other time <laughs> yeah yeah after work so i think that will help a lot uh, i think I think last year we talked a lot about the difference between remote work and remote work during a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how like a lot of people were only experiencing that way. And I think all of us have the opportunity to do both. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, like, so I've been remote for four years mm-hmm. and I used to work in cafes a lot. Other mm-hmm. than that, I've worked at home and in a co-work space. I, I am curious what the, I don't want to say post COVID because like who knows, but like a, <laughs> mid, <laughs> mid a, out. a more out of the pandemic cafe experience could be like, because I, I so really I come feel like and start a cafe with me here. Cause I have, <laughs> I have annoyances about this. I just, I feel like, um, the cafes that normally people co work in haven't had the chance yet to yeah. adjust to the world where a lot more people want yeah. that. Yeah, because yeah, it used exactly. to be, you know, there's like two outlets and the Wi-Fi is okay, maybe. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know. I think the experience in cafes will change pretty dramatically over the next ten years because yeah. I assume there's a ton of people that have tasted the remote life and will not go back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say so. It's like I was going to say it's at least doubled. I don't even know if that's right. I think it's like a two hundred percent increase in people. Right? Like it, it will be interesting. And I noticed that when the cafes opened up here uh indoors like in i don't know whatever that was like it's just rammed all the time with people on laptops like doesn't matter what time of day it's like and these are these are like i live on the edge of toronto it's like little neighborhood cafes it was kind of one guy on a laptop before and now it's like every seat laptop all the time no i I joke because i it drives me nuts like i see it coming (laughs) i'm like if i knew anything about commercial real estate right now i would like I think we talked about this in Amsterdam too. It's like open a space where it's like good coffee up front, but there's also like a little space in the back where you can go co-work or like take calls or something. Um, and like maybe you can rent a desk in that area and it's just for friends. Um, but that doesn't exist. Nobody nobody does it. It's so annoying. I think something like this will start existing. I think a lot of people that work remote because of the pandemic haven't figured out the idea that they can also rent their own little office yeah it's true companies haven't even figured it out exactly because i feel like that's not really a thought that will come to mind um if you have a job because you're like we're not going to the office so why would i find my own office to go (laughs) to that office instead but the thing is like for instance uh during the pandemic uh, I got a new office and we just three people and we have a lot nice. of space so we can make it safe really easily. Uh, we talk about uh, safety and stuff as well, which is like easier to manage than, mm-hmm. you know, from a job or if you're one of those spaces where like lots of people are. Yeah. Um, but it ha- really has saved me, I think, mm-hmm. because 
as Sek and I were talking in the beginning about, like before the podcast, about like uh, our non-existent social lives, yeah. b- at least being able to, even when there was curfew and even when everything was really bad last year, uh, to have people around me while, while I work really yeah. helped yeah, with totally. my mental health, but also with like staying on track and... You know, like I've been working from home today and I immediately feel like the bad habits uh, c- <laughs> creep up again, which is like not get ready and yeah. just wear house clothes or whatever, which is also yeah. fine for every now and again. But like, I have to wear, I think, I don't know if this, I think Zach would know what this means, like hard pants. <laughs> I had to learn this when I moved here. Like if I don't wear hard pants, <laughs> I'm not working. Exactly. It's a thing in Europe. I really didn't run into it until it's, I moved. <laughs> it's a thing on Twitter. I see people joke yeah, about hard nobody pants. Nobody in real life says it. I swear no, to God. I, don't like, I can't so. even believe I said it. Like, I, I don't know, hard pants. Like, but we all know what you mean immediately. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's so funny. Um, no, yeah, I think that's interesting though, Freddie, because I think that's the balance as well. Was like, because uh, if I would have thought a lot about uh, what I rent a co working space, if I did, I'd probably only go two days a week. And before, the before times when I lived in Amsterdam and rented one, I would feel guilty if I didn't go all the time. Now I'm like, two days is great. Maybe three yeah. days. That sounds lush, but like I'm not going to go every day. And that's I think that's okay. Yeah, I'm going every day now usually, except for today. Yeah, um, yeah I'm going but, like four days a week. So. Yeah, exactly. The only thing is that I now kind of wish I wasn't like in an office space, but in a shed. But that has more <laughs> to do with the fact that my work has shifted <laughs> towards making shit than yeah. computering. Yeah crazy Um, yeah i i don't know if it's like the the going from remote life thing or the living in a foreign country thing but i really have liked being able to find community in Mm -hmm. a workspace Mm -hmm. like it's really nice to have other people doing different stuff being able to network and like yeah my workspace is really cool they host like activities and like group lunches and stuff and we even did like a retreat and Kid. Spain, but uh, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, sorry, oh, just just casually. <laughs> I was like, this sounds awful. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I don't but know. Like, if I was in the town where I grew up, I don't know that that benefit would be the same. Yeah, but yeah. maybe here's here's what I see as the, a, a very large gap in the conversation uh, that isn't coming up a lot. Actually, you probably run into this a little bit too, uh, as like self-employed people. A lot of co-working spaces are not rigged up for manager types or people who run their own companies who are on, I'm on like six and a half hours of calls every day. (laughs) Like if I go to a co-working space and sit there on my calls, everybody in that space is going to want to murder me first of all, or (laughs) like I won't be able to get the meeting rooms. And it's interesting Uh, because none of them can facilitate it. Honestly, Uh, like uh, my previous co-working space um, where I was at, where I couldn't paint, um, but just computer work, which is amazing, was an amazing place. But yeah. if they, they would actually ask new people, like, how many hours a week are you on the phone? Mm, that's <laughs> nice. because, well, I could show them my calendar. They'd be like, no, thank you, sir. No, but like, it's better to have groups of people that are yeah. like-minded totally. together than people that like start being agitated by each other. But there is indeed not a place where you could just, you know, rent a phone booth if you wanted. Yeah, just like dot the walls with enough of them. That's like a lot of the problems I've seen. There's one really cool one in Victoria. I haven't been there yet uh, to check it out because we move next week, but I think it has enough. But uh, there's another one where it like does only, they often only have like, you know, you'll see like, it's just the boardroom. <laughs> like that one honest, big meeting room. If you have to be on calls for six hours a day, it might not even make sense to go yeah. to a co-working space. Well, that's why I made that's the two, two days a week comment too. Cause it's like, yeah. I have two usually have two focus days and I could like yeah. go hang out there and then I'm <laughs> it's terrible. But it's just part of the discourse that's really interesting as well as like, uh, I haven't, I haven't seen a lot of that regardless. Um, Speaking of two focus days in the discourse, I'm I am curious to to talk about the four day work week. Oh my god, yes, let's do in that. Tech specifically, I feel like that's where it's really getting adopted. But it's yeah. like, when's the point that everybody gets that? Well, when is it a competing thing? It's like that's what I'm most curious about uh, right now. Is like right now, uh, one or two companies are offering it as like it's. I think it hugely appeals. So like perk, they're winning yeah. on that perk. But it's not become yet a standard perk. Like they're not competing on like that as part of the package 
as a regular thing. Um, there's a Toronto-based company called Bolt, which is, I'm pretty sure, a Shopify competitor. And they just they announced in July that they're doing it full-time now. <clears throat> and so they've like, yeah, they've, <laughs> they've had a lot of people off the back of that, I'll have you know. Like if I would, if I would leave Shopify, I would be looking for a four-day work week job, just saying. So yeah, I've read like, I don't know, six articles written by founders that are like, we moved to this model. We'll never, never go back. It's working. Yeah. And I haven't yet to read one that was like, we tried it and didn't work. Yeah. Like I yeah. haven't seen a single one of those. No, it's cause it's, it works. <laughs> I, I would do it with my team because like I, four days a week is more than enough time for sure. us to get the work done. I think over five days, we probably only are working four days because you know, there's all that like downtime, like, oh, yeah. well, I have a half hour between meetings. Whole you jobs. can't really get anything done, but yeah. like and stuff like that. But like all of our clients have five day work weeks. So it's yeah, like yeah. hard to be like, yeah, we're just not going to talk to you on Fridays. <laughs> um, some it's clients like working with an agency in New but, Okay, but listen, actually, there's two things that come to mind for me. One is actually you can say uh, we're not re- replying on Friday because I have done this in the past and they were fine with that. Um, like for me, Friday is always reserved for painting, whatever the fuck I'm doing. Nice. Uh, Friday, I'm not working f- for any clients. So, Sick. <laughs> um, and I've, I've boldly said it like that and everyone was fine with it. Yeah. And uh, the other thing is I'm wondering uh just like when the thing came up where you had like infinite days of holiday whatever Mm -hmm. and then they found out that people actually uh, took less (laughs) holidays right i wonder if the effect is the same for the four-day work week i feel like Like people people feel like they have to compensate on the other four days for making it up Uh, maybe they don't they now also feel like they always have to have their dentist appointment on their free day. Right. Mm, call, Whereas before, maybe you would have done it on a Tuesday because you oh, have to work every day anyway, you know. Um, and it's so definitely then, a unique take. It's like, I definitely book it on the work day. <laughs> yeah, but like, you know what I mean, right? Like, yeah. I wonder what it what it will sh- shift. And yeah, I also know point. people that take four-day work, work weeks um, for like 10% of their pay, right? I would so, do that. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> interesting. Yeah, yeah so like that's in the a, Netherlands, that's like it's a, pretty normal, right? Like you can yeah. sort of negotiate shorter weeks at least. Right. I had like I had I had one job. I had like a thirty-six hour work yeah, week, I had, I did which that. meant that every other week I had a Friday off, which is yeah. amazing. Um, but you, you, yeah, you give ten percent of your pay to fine. do that. No, see, um, oh, it shouldn't be, but fine, I'll yeah, take it. Yeah, yeah, but the uh, the what I see happening, people that are doing is that yeah. they are just meant to do the same amount of work that they were used to doing in their right. forty day week as well. Well, so th- there's there's two things that I find really interesting about it. Well, one is like if my team works forty two hours a week or thirty two hours a week, mm-hmm. I'm gonna pay them the same either way because yeah. like I trust my whole team to prioritize the work yep. to what's most important. So the most important things are gonna get done in those first 32 hours, regardless of that last 10 hours. Yeah. True. In my opinion, like they, they did it, job. <laughs> yeah. If they cut a couple hours a week, it's not like they're probably cutting things that are important. So maybe they're just like cramming emails on, in a shorter period of time or, or something yeah. or not going to a meeting. They don't have to be in. Exactly. Um, but like, yeah, I, I think there's like two types of four day work week companies that are the distinction here is the like, you work for 10 hour days so that you're working 40 yeah, hours. That still. one doesn't count. <laughs> or, yeah, or you're working 32 hours and just being more efficient. And yeah. the, that's what I, we did at Shopify over yeah. the last two summers. Uh, so it was like the four day weeks, uh, you don't work extra hours on a different day. And that's what our competitor Bolt here in Toronto is doing as well. The fact that we could turn it on and off is an interesting <laughs> sign to me that everything was fine <laughs> like we could just do it for a summer and it didn't even change anything in fact like it, yeah it was interesting as a manager did you feel like you needed to hire another person no like we got i would say we got the same if not more done and i think that's the astounding thing is like 
And maybe I'd be very curious. I think my biggest curiosity with it is like over a long enough time horizon, does it stay that effective? Yeah, I was going to uh, say, I think that it's just adjustment period as so well. So I found that. So we did it for this week. This year we did it for 12 weeks and last year we did it for 16. Um, and I noticed that there was one thing that really struck me as like people are just more intentional. Like if you know there's four days, you know there's a finite amount of time to have synchronous activities. So people really invest in not wasting any time. Um, or like wasting, like having less bad meetings. Like I would just decline shit outright that I could tell was like 50, 50, uh, probably not worth going to. Whereas now I'm like, oh yeah, I could just go and listen, like whatever. Um, and I think it would be interesting to see how that goes over a long enough time horizon to see if it sticks around. I have a hunch that it doesn't matter. Uh, I think that, uh, there's that, I mean, everybody, there's that cliche. It's like time will fill, uh, meetings will fill the available time. (laughs) exactly you know so well i i wonder like one there's the when people have more time off they're investing themselves personally hopefully they're restoring relaxing getting more sleep maybe like these are ideals i don't know just getting all the things done but like have you ever worked for four hours sleep deprived versus like an hour of work when you've gotten all the sleep that you need and you're like excited I mean, you can do the same amount of work in those time periods. So it's like if people get that extra day, like I can imagine that they're more efficient. Yeah. Yeah. But I also think like at the other side of this conversation is how like all of a sudden I feel like work emails happen on Saturdays and Sundays now as well. Well, at least countries are introducing laws about this. So the laws always say that your boss can't ask you. It doesn't yes, right. say you can't or it shouldn't. It's just like your boss can't be Imagine. like, can you reply to that email? It's definitely, I'm going to, I'm going to come in hot here and say there's interesting like culture things at play yeah. a little bit there. I Like something that I think will keep me at Shopify for a long time is that people are really intentional about not doing that. Like it is remarkable. If you send, uh, I mean, time zones, uh, excluding time zone, faux pas um if you send like a slack if like for example i was on a slack conversation the other day with like nine people in the dms and everybody was replying at night and literally somebody like uh two levels below me so like not at the manager level was like hey guys i don't think it's appropriate to be damning and everybody everybody at 10 p.m at night and so the conversation died like people people call each other out wow Um, generally people will like schedule stuff to be intentional about time zones uh, I don't get email. And we, actually, we don't email, which is a whole different weird thing. Uh, like, Wait, what do you literally do? don't email at Java. It's so funny. I never check really? my emails ever. Uh, so don't email me if you want something. Uh, but like people are really intentional. And I think it does come from, you have to build that in really early though. Like the, even the call out thing. Like, cause I, I forget. I'm like, oh yeah, it's like 8.30. I'm just doing a cool little quick sneaky thing. Cause it's on my brain. That's how I work. But it's more about like, if I'm going to do that, if I can give the right perception to the other person then they're not expected to work. Cause a lot of it is tiny nudges. I'll schedule a message for 9am and I'll go back to bed. At nice. least that way I got out of my brain. Um, and it's quite interesting, but I can see in companies that aren't good, like literally every big giant, giant company I could think of that I am assuming like you end up sitting on your outlook, uh, email at 10am Saturday triaging, you know, like, yeah. I'm curious if you don't use email, so Slack is, you know, in the one way or another, a series of inboxes. Yeah. Do you also use like, I don't know, Trello or Asana or something? Like where, where are the other forms of communication that are to avoid email? Um, we're so all in on Slack. Like I, I, should, I could probably can't talk about it on the recording part of this, like how all in, but uh, we're so all in. Like literally everything happens there too. It's detriment uh, as well, but uh it's all in slack and the other places like we do manage our issues and like a i won't say which one but an issue management tool so we do have that for a wiki or something oh we have oh man we're extreme on this uh we have a fully custom internal wiki so and it's actually i feel like we should talk about this more i know it's like public information so it's like called the vault and it's a fully custom internal wiki project management tool that's custom built for our internal philosophy for building projects (laughs) and it's a uh people management tool so you can like see who's working on what and like look up their profiles and all of that stuff so that that's the other pieces i think because we have that 
you're able to like find information. Yeah, ask me at the end of the recording about it. <laughs> Frederica, do you find that you're all in on email or do you like WhatsApp with clients? Oh, fuck no. <laughs> I had a email like all the way. Yeah. No, um, email's good for forcing boundaries, though. And those relate. That's what I found when I was freelance. Is like, I used to, I, at one point I put them in Slack, and it was the worst idea I ever had because well, they could message me all the time. <laughs> for me, it's a combination between Slack and email. Yeah. Uh, for some th- stuff like doing a crit or something, it's nice to be in Slack, and mm-hmm. um, especially the client that I work with in a, on a weekly basis, it's nice to just have a flow with them. Uh, and ha- their work happens on Slack, so I'll be on Slack. Yeah. Um, and I have full access to their whole Slack, which is nice because it makes nice. me feel part of our team. But I have all of the channels muted that aren't <laughs> re- relevant to me. Um, <laughs> So I can see, but I don't have to, you know, see what everyone says. Um, I do have their like, um, you know, just company chatter thing going on. So I have kind of an idea what's happening in the company as well, which Mm -hmm, is nice mm -hmm. because I've been in a situation before where people were, you know, like the people that I worked with got fired or moved (laughs) somewhere else and people just forgot to tell me and I sometimes found out because my invoices weren't paid and oh my god that happened to me too it's like some the person who you I've had relationships at when I was freelance where it would be like the COO left he was the guy who I worked with (laughs) and he just like he signed the contract didn't even tell anyone like yeah he would just pay the thing on his credit card so when it came to invoicing them all of a sudden i'd send it to like invoicing at company.com and they'd be like who the fuck are you yeah exactly <laughs> yeah stuff like that so you know that's not gonna happen with this company but that makes sense. um <laughs> but yeah recently i had a client ask if they could whatsapp me and i was like no that's where <laughs> i go to chat to my friends like i'm yeah, sorry but we're not I mean. doing that like you know yeah, you if i had right? if i could have like a whatsapp for business accounts or something i yeah. would consider it but then is it that different that's like i don't know man no. i don't no. think so and uh, i also don't have slack on my phone for instance like i'm very firm on my boundaries like yeah I will tell my client outright, yeah, we don't we don't work on Friday. Uh, I do Slack, but only in the in the channels that I, I need to be in. Um, I'm very bad with email, but I would call it very good because I don't email at night. I don't email in the morning, nice. as in morning, like before nine. Um, I don't email in the weekends. So maybe you can help every company set boundaries because I, yeah. I think this is the last thing on a lot of companies is like unless either the culture. Uh, has indicators like ways to nudge people not to do this stuff intentionally, which yeah. never happens. Um, or they outright say like, "Hey, after five thirty, like, don't." I don't even sometimes. <laughs> I sometimes don't even say it, but I'm very aware yeah. that yeah. if I give people a little bit of space and email them in, at night, for instance, then they will uh, know to expect that from me, you know? Yeah, yeah. And especially, for instance, this client that I, I just mentioned, they're like on the other side of the planet. So for them, it's also kind of hard to know, you know, when or how or when I'm working and when it's night or not. So I, I'm not going to mm-hmm. like curse them out for emailing me at like weird times for me. But, you know, like, it's just good to know that. I just want to know, want my clients to know that I am, um very rigid on those you know limits mm-hmm. and um then if i don't respond for five hours they know why because i'm probably sleeping yeah. or whatever um and i think that's very important because otherwise i just get very unhappy yeah yeah totally. like it makes me super stressed and also like it will start digging into like my non-existent social life or my clay time or whatever yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> No, but like I, if I, I hate, you know, if I'm hanging out with my boyfriend, I want to give him attention and yeah. not be like, oh, sorry, 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 I'm working a little bit, you know, yeah, like yeah, just no. emailing a little on side. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's interesting that you say that. You know, I think it'll be interesting to see how the the next year plays. Out. I mean, who knows with all this variant bollocks? But the next year like plays out with because I think a lot of this stuff was starting to come together into people figuring out the i'm not going to say the post-covid thing but like a semi post-covid like how do how do we make this sustainable we've been experimenting with a lot of like in real life stuff where we like bring people together for work or not even working reasons uh and it's made a huge difference in the last six months even like 
we just did an event. It was totally bananas where uh, we flew like entire teams to Toronto just to have fun together for three days. Yeah. <laughs> like no work. We literally didn't even talk about work. We literally went on like a cheese tour and like nice. made pasta together and stuff uh, and got very drunk. <laughs> and uh, It's amazing how much that helped just like connecting the humans and then sending them on their way, like paid off a year's worth of like figuring it out over Slack. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that piece makes it more sustainable and the co-working element as well. Like, I think there's a lot of stuff here that if you like play with all of it, it actually makes it work. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> going into December, who the hell knows what's going to happen. But. Yeah. I feel like there's chance of like a little reset and I don't mean the yeah. great reset, but like the COVID <laughs> reset. Yeah. I'm it's gonna it's gonna yeah, it's gonna be interesting. But like I decided for myself like I'm it sounds like I'm very sarcastic about it, but actually yeah. I mean it when I, I say it's gonna be interesting because I just decided for myself, well, we've done this before, we're yeah, better equipped exactly. now, we know how to do it. Uh, yeah. we're not afraid of, you know, dying anymore as much as yeah. two years ago. Um I ninety masks in my house this time. Right. I, I just <laughs> I just ordered some new uh uh, N95 yeah. uh, masks. And you can actually do that this time. Yeah. <laughs> I, really, and I want my booster so bad. Yeah. yeah the, oh, let's not even talk about it. Oh, shut up. There, there, is, no strate- there is no strategy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We don't, Sorry. no one has boosters. Like in wow. Europe, everyone boosted. Uh, the Netherlands, 0.6%. <laughs> well, and it's like a lot of countries, if like children can get vaccinated now, and I don't think that's the case here for under 12. Oh my yeah. God. Okay. Good times. I'm expecting to find out today when I can get mine. So I won't yeah. Anyway, uh, it's going to be a, a new rodeo. Like we'll just <laughs> go with the punches, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It will be fine. Um, I will just at some point have to accept that this is our new reality and we have to figure out ways in which we can make the new reality a bit more fun, mm-hmm, which we mm-hmm. already done, I feel like. So, yeah, we're on our way. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, what about tech? It, it, I, well, <laughs> just real quick, I just think it's the lack of certainty. It's like yeah. so many things are constantly changing, but it's like no matter what the situation is, if there's some consistency, you can adapt to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's like right now, it's like, well, I don't know. All of a sudden, everything's closed at 5 p.m. Yeah. Which is, when, which is when COVID comes out, right? Yeah, yeah. After dark. <laughs> it's so crazy. Like, they made the grocery stores close two hours earlier, and now they're just <laughs> busier. Yeah. It's like, it's not helpful. Yeah. Also, Ontario like, did the same, and they were like, wow, that was bad. How about being open longer? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, the same for gyms. You know, they close the gyms now at five as well. So okay, so they close early, everyone... but you wear a mask in it before that? Or no. is it just. <laughs> no. Oh, and we don't wear masks in the Netherlands because you can show your QR code. So, oh, which no God. one has asked me for since I left the country. Oh, wow. I. For me, like I do get asked about it a lot, but we're all in on the QR codes. We still have to wear masks. But the thing the is, yeah, the thing is, if cool, you have a QR code, but if you're and if you're fully vaccinated, the QR code never goes away, even if you actually have COVID, which yeah. is re- registered in the same system. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. So, you know, I I have no idea how that could go wrong. Like, <laughs> yeah. beats me. But yeah. yeah. Uh, we're we're slowly getting back to masks. We can't even here. We do like even for domestic travel now. You have to have it. Like uh, you can't even go inside an airport without one, which is interesting. Yeah, that's the same here now. And well. and actually, I had a really interesting experience. So I just flew to Victoria to get the house keys, which was <laughs> super close <laughs> trip. But uh, it was great. No, I mean we hadn't seen the house since we like uh, did the viewing. So I just wanted to like go in and like I got the internet connected. <laughs> Uh, very important things uh but uh on the plane like they can just no fly order you uh like the the flight attendants are just like we're not messing around with this if you won't put your mask on when we ask you to we will put you on a no fly list and you won't be able to fly with air canada again i was like damn get it (laughs) so good uh anyway Um, frederica wanted to talk tech yeah this talk tech tech. i think we've got uh, Jack Dorsey. <laughs> and, um, we haven't talked in a while, so. Did we talk about Meta? I don't think. No. Oh, my God. And then um, there was one more story that I thought was worth talking about. Constitution thing? <laughs> I don't think that's worth talking about, but that's uh, just me. I think it's, yeah. 
I do want to talk about the whole Web3 thing, but I think it's for a different episodes. Yeah, it's probably like, I think we're going to end up arguing about it for like one hour. I'm going to yeah. argue about it for the next three years, it feels like. Yeah, oh my yeah. God. Uh, it's so like it's COVID, it will never to... go away. Yeah. Just... I've never felt so old man yelling in sky than the internet lately. Yeah. Is this what it feels like to suddenly realize you're just old? <laughs> I don't know. The thing is, for me, the whole Web3 thing, to go into it a tiny bit, is something that I think is probably wrong, but (laughs) I have a hard time voicing why it's probably wrong. And I know for myself, I don't want to contribute to, for instance, NFT and stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I can't really tell you exactly why so i've been on a mission to figure out why that is yeah and i am trying to keep like some sort of an open mind in it Mm -hmm. because i couldn't be wrong right um i could also be like 80 percent right and 20 percent wrong like there could be projects that are super worth it there could be new things that we haven't thought about that could be super worth it but for now, it seems like the, even like the person who came up with, for instance, the NFT thing, yeah. doesn't believe in it and says it's wrong, <laughs> which oh, says man, something. Why is this a common thing with these bloody things? Is like, yeah. But then I also see people that I actually really respect being like, Web three is cool, and you should think it's cool too. And I'm like, but, but I wish someone like that would also explain why it's actually cool because the only thing I hear is we think it's cool. And so, you, so should. you should also think it's cool. That's what's driving me crazy is like, yeah. it's... But why? To the old man yell at skies comment is like, I feel like people are trying not to veer into that. And so they FOMO into it. Like... Yeah. But like, I mean, there's people that say it's really good that are usually very anti-gatekeepy. Gatekeepy. Yeah. We all know about who I'm talking also. But... And I <laughs> regard yeah. them as a really good person. And there are some people around that that I also regard, regard as really good people. And apparently they see something in it. But still, I'm not really hearing the arguments yeah. why. And this makes it very hard for me to... It's um, also because you can't publicly question it <laughs> without being like completely roasted. Right. Uh, which is crazy. I'm, I'm trying to keep my rant to 30 seconds on it. Yeah, but and it's then we talking like, about Twitter. <laughs> um... The one argument for it is that it's it's taking the power from the large corporations, Facebook, Twitter, Google, and decentralizing it again, but the internet back to like everyone has their own space. But Sorry. yeah, laugh because I don't think it's it's good because Heard the, Coinbase. <laughs> the walls are too high. Well, yeah, yeah, there's they're inventing new acronyms. You have to pay to play. Yeah. It's so inaccessible to people without money. Uh, good internet. I, I just I feel Knowledge. like it's more exclusionary than letting the companies mine us for our data, which is bad too. Yeah. But I, I'm all for an alternative to our current internet because it does suck and it used to not suck this bad. However, this doesn't seem to be it. Yeah. And I'm a lot of people are like actually here. <laughs> and so a lot of people are like, oh, I hear you, Zach. But the thing is, there is something about it. It's like it's not it. Yet, uh, right? Yeah. And that, then that's that's just gaslighting, though. <laughs> I feel so too because the whole thing. Um, I so I read this article about the person who came up with NFT, and he re- he at the end of his uh, article he recommended another article. I'm gonna put these in the show notes because they're re- really good articles, in my opinion. Um, by someone else who talked about the environmental thing and mm. how everyone's just like, yes, that's true. No, it's not true. Whatever. Um. It is true that they could change it into something that's more sustainable, but there's no reason they would want to do that because there is no nothing to be one with it, really. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like ExxonMobil's like we're uh, investing in um, clean energy generation, yeah. but like yeah. they make lots of money and no one's stopping them from making lots of money by like pumping oil out of the ground so like they're not gonna do that quickly exactly and then they will just hide behind the 20 percent of trees that they plant that might just become a forest fire Mm -hmm. and then we don't realize that that forest fire was actually 
the compensation for all the flights that we took to the other side of the planet. Yeah. And now we just have a double problem, but th th that, that, those thinking steps aren't, you know, they aren't laid out or they're not researched or they're not told. So before you just kind of forget about how that works. The biggest problem with the sustainable part of all the cryptocurrencies, the NFTs, the, the Web3 is like you said, Frederica, like the technology could change to use less power, but all of these things right now are saying they're carbon neutral or carbon negative. And the way that they're doing that is they're buying carbon offsets, but the carbon offsets isn't just like a magic pill that makes like the damage go away. No. It, if there's a new solar wind farm near a city and all of a sudden people are buying all these carbon offsets to go to buy the power from the renewable resource, that energy that was intended from that renewable power to all the homes or buildings in that city that are nearby has to come, that power has to come from somewhere anyway. And so they have to turn on the coal plant again. Yeah. And they're like, no, 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 all of our web three stuff is coming from the solar farm. And it's like, yeah, it is. But what was that solar farm intended to power exactly instead? And so yeah, these offsets, like they can make people feel a lot better about their, I don't know, money-making scheme that they've got going on over in the NFT world. But like, but it's, it's not, not better for the planet. Yeah. And it's also not meant for the people that own these money-making schemes to feel better. It's meant for people that buy in yeah. to feel better. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a lot of greenwashing going on. And I also hear yeah. people say that do actually do an NFT. They say, yeah, but the NFTs themselves, they don't cost that much energy. It's mainly Bitcoin. Yeah, and or the, or like or the, uh, oh, the banks fees. use more energy, blah, blah, blah. I always say that too, yeah. It's, yeah. And, but also I feel like uh, in a way the energy uh, consumption uh, dialogue is also a bit of a curse because it's it gets stuck on that. Yeah. And beyond the whole energy thing, there is lots of other things that I don't understand that don't make sense or that don't work that don't get talked about. For instance, how often people's art gets stolen, how often, how many of these projects are scams. Did you see the NFT bay? Yeah. <laughs> Did you, you see like the torrent all NFTs? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I have. I just. I thought that was a bit of a low blow, though. To I be thought honest. it was. I mean, it was inevitable. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but it was a, a bit character. of it was a bit of a tasteless joke, I have to say, yeah. because because again, then we're focusing on another flaw of the thing that could be a flaw but could not be a flaw. Like, yeah, but it's just not. It's not even a JPEG. It's a link to a JPEG. Blah blah blah. That's not about that. Like, there's deeper issues with it that I think need to be addressed. And there's I do many feel layers like of it. That's the problem. Is it's very hard to have a nuanced discussion, even in this amount of time. <laughs> like, like yeah. So, and that, that's the thing that I'm really missing. And I fe feel that like me and many with me stay out of it, at least, definitely, at least for now, because yeah. it will cost you your life. <laughs> no, not your life, but like some followers. And I do actually know also people that get death threats because they said something positive or negative about NFTs. Mm -hmm. Oh, you can't win. So, you know, I think... I th mm -hmm. The one thing on you said that I just wanted to talk on, and then I promise we'll move on, is like the, the, well, banks use as much energy. It's like, well, I also want banks to use less energy. Yeah, it's nobody not, said that we don't. Like the banks also obfuscate details to make money yeah. that take advantage of poor people to enrich themselves. Like banks also have these problems. You can't just be like, well, they're bad too. It's like, yeah. I want both of you to stop being bad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Exactly. That's, that's all. Good. We'll come back to it. I feel like yeah. we really have to. Uh, <laughs> anyway. The problem is uh, capitalism. It always comes back to the problem is capitalism. I'm so excited to get roasted about this. Uh, you know what's also funny? I was thinking recently the, about the, the whole meta thing. Great segue. Um, that it's like um, uh, Facebook is dead. Long live Facebook. Oh, totally. <laughs> Show title. I can't believe this whole thing. Like, I can't believe we didn't even talk since this happened. I know. I, I think my biggest problem so far with the transition is with the whole meta thing is just the reporters not spending like three days to wait on something yeah. to make an article. 
because of the state of news, because yeah. in part of Facebook, like <laughs> they have to just publish as soon as something happens. Yeah. But, you know, it was announced that Facebook was like getting rid of all this like facial recognition database. Yeah. But three days later, it's like, well, they just transferred it to Meta. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So it's like, okay, now there's all this press about Facebook getting rid of this. I'll like give them a pat on the back for finally doing the right thing with a bad thing. And it's like, well, they didn't. No, but that but that was what was astounding about this rename is like, I'm like I try not to be a conspiracy theorist about this because I don't believe that anybody is organized enough to orchestrate any sort of conspiracy. But like in the case of this Facebook Meta thing, just the timing was just too good for them. Like if you look at there was a whistleblower like releasing all that stuff about like how Instagram is really bad for teen girls in particular. Uh, there was a lot of stuff about the facial recognition. There was a lot of like, there were like continued leaks, like the Facebook papers, all of this stuff. And they just so happened to rename that week. Like you, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I know how long rebrands take. Yeah. I understand. Apparently that. that this one was like three years in coming. Sure. But, but, but I'm the choosing I, when to I, announce I, I don't it. think that exactly. they would have announced, like they could have just had it ready. Like I'm just saying. I don't think, I don't think they were like trying to get this ris- whistleblower uh, to not it's, that's why I said I'm not a conspiracy theorist because I think it's too easy they did see the opportunity there and pro- probably yeah. were like oh that's convenient well let's just do it this week I think yeah. was probably the thing internally like if there's any like sort of like Someone must have conspiracy it. it would be that it's like well we have this thing we we're going to announce it in a month but why not now <laughs> but yeah I mean obviously Facebook's going to be Facebook still even though now Instagram and I, what I love so what much is like meta, how they've but... gone out of their way to like say it's not them. Like as soon as you open Instagram now, it's like, oh, it's for a minute. And I'm like, I'm, ne- yeah. I'm never saying that, man. Like I ain't, I ain't, I ain't saying that. No, but like that's not, name. we don't have to think about it all. It's not, it's, it's just like Google and the whole yeah, alphabet, alphabet thing. Like nobody like, cares. But nobody I guess cares. that's the point. Yeah. The, the problem is, is Mark Zuckerberg still in charge. Like nothing changed in leadership. So nothing changed. Yeah. yeah, they can rename themselves and make funny logos and have big press events as much as they want. If leadership doesn't change, there's no change here. So let me pose a question to you because I think Facebook is really different from Twitter. Twitter's CEO, I mean, Twitter's had problems with CEOs, so I don't know if this parallel is interesting, but Twitter's CEO, Jack, again, stepped down yeah. this week, replaced with the CTO. Do you think Zuck will ever step down willingly unless he dies? I think I think his ego's too large. Like you think he'll go to the grave with the ship? Like <laughs> I don't know actually. He could step back to like do a Jeff Bezos and be on the board oh. and have power that way. Control it but not be I, the face of it. I think he has a power problem and I think he has an ego problem. From all the stories I've heard from inside Facebook, like he forces his opinion to into the product and makes large sweeping decisions based on you know his personal opinion which like that's the job of the ceo but like he's very hands-on apparently yeah um and yeah i just think he enjoys the power and control too much yeah i I mean look my job is to work with ceos it's all i do (laughs) and it's literally my job yeah none of them are normal yeah, yeah, you have to be a special to, kind of person. To start I don't your job. own company, Frederick and I included, like to run your own thing, yeah. you got to be a little strange. Yeah, you got to be crazy. It's it's a it's a different level of responsibility. Yeah. It's a it's just different. I don't I can't explain it. Like I have changed having run my sure. own thing for a couple of years. Like it changes you. Yeah. Also, I think it draws certain personality types who like being at at the top in charge. None of them are normal, and billionaires. None of them are normal. Right. No, they're ja- extra super not normal. <laughs> yeah, Jack Dorsey, Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos. Yeah. These are weird people. Like they're yeah. strange. They're detached yeah. from reality because money doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah, and yeah. our yeah. whole culture is built around capitalism, unfortunately. Yeah. So yeah. they're just strange. And so, yeah, I don't know. Like he is, Mark Zuckerberg's like not okay. I don't think. And I think like the power and the ego and the control are are all he has yeah you know what's like amazing about the way they orchestrated that rename is how um his wife her like foundation owned it (laughs) i don't know if like this part was as obvious but like it was literally a research tool owned by the chan 
Is it the Chan Zuckerberg Foundation? Chan Zuckerberg. No. Yeah, it's that thing. And yeah. then uh, it was like a research tool. And like the day they announced Meta existed, they just like turned it off. <laughs> like gave them the domain. I'm like, well, oh, I wonder how other company Meta 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 Brands Meta Company Meta Lab, Meta Lab that sued Facebook. Uh, well, Facebook went to them and said, "We'd like to buy a name." Oh, interesting. And they were like, um, well, we're not really sure. Maybe you could share some more details. And they're like, here are the details we can share. Here's the offer. And they're like, you know, we're not really sure at this time. Like, maybe we could table this and come back. Mm. And Facebook went ahead and did the rebrand and launched. And <laughs> wow. the meta guy was like, the fuck? <laughs> cool. I'll, I'll put, big company, I'll put the, the blog post from the, the actual meta companies. It's, it's like the... The the parallel to um this is a really bad parallel, but like if you've ever been on Twitter and coveted that your perfect username, right? You're like, I want at Zach, whatever. You can't get it, but then suddenly you see like Bloomberg has at tech somehow. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. All the rich and powerful get what they want. Yeah. <laughs> like, God damn it. Yeah. I do know someone uh, that has sold their Twitter username Whoa. to a startup that really? registered their website. They registered their company name without doing the like Google search. Oh, no. And they're like, oh, we see you have the Twitter handle and the domain. How much? Wow. I know someone who had this a bit of a tangent, but I, and I might have even already told this story, but he, who had the WhatsApp domain? No way. And, Are you serious? Like yeah, and WhatsApp. Yeah, and WhatsApp <laughs> at that point was still like this small company. It was not Facebook related, whatever. And they and didn't they care came, about the web. <laughs> and they came up to him and they were like, hey, can we buy this domain? Uh, we can give you stock option or we can give you money. And the money was like kind of like a couple of thousands. And when uh, WhatsApp got acquired by um, Facebook, he calculated how much money he would have if he would take in a stock option and that was you know he would have been a millionaire easy you can't do that to yourself you can't do the if only i had done this i would do this because i mean it was it's too late you already made the decision yeah the thing is already done right i think he dealt with it pretty uh good but and it was funny but you know imagine um but I'm yeah on my desk right I, yeah. now the dog is like hiding from femme is trying to put on her harness. <laughs> so i'm like you can't see this if you're listening but i'm just nodding <laughs> but yeah so what about the jack horsey jack jack uh the whole time i was at square like when he was dual ceo of both companies it was always like, when is Jack going to quit from Square and be Twitter's full-time CEO? Really? And I don't know. I just find this funny because of Why that. Why would he do that? It's <laughs> the so, reverse. Tw- Jack was ousted at one point as the CEO. And then when he came back as a part-time CEO, it was after Dick Costolo, right? And... The board did like, a, they, this is, you know, obviously from what we hear externally, but the board did an exhaustive CEO search and ended up choosing Jack to come in. And it was always implied that it was interim. It's been maybe a little bit longer than an interim would suggest, if you ask me. Like, I feel like it's been five, six, seven. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, many years. It's been many years. But yeah, I guess it's it's a little strange just because the details seem so vague. Yeah. Like yeah, he published like, I'm out. his quit letter, but it does seem kind of sudden. It was like, I don't know. We talked about this in chat yesterday of like, it was on a Monday before market. So I guess that's planned. On a holiday internally too. They gave everybody the day off inexplicably and then he quit. <laughs> Yeah, so it it doesn't seem super sudden when you talk like that, but like I don't think anyone saw this coming. No, I mean the uh, I know someone who works at Twitter, and they said they found out about Jack Dorsey stepping down from Twitter, and yeah, as in the app and not from work. <laughs> but I guess that's I mean that's pretty common. You wouldn't circulate something like this internally much in advance of the announcement because it's no. going to leak and then it 100%. leaks it's less your control from just like a pr perspective yeah um but yeah i don't know the new cto i think is the one worth talking about because the no, new ceo old, the former CTO. cto it's worth talking about because apparently he's 
super into crypto and wants to do Ethereum stuff on Twitter. And I think Ugh. for me, that would be the end of using Twitter. Yeah, There's already enough on there. <laughs> um, it's interesting. I have to say, uh, just before we get into that, really interesting choice for CEO. Uh, just from the perspective of usually what you see happen is like, product person usually mm-hmm. ends up being ceo or the um coo so it's like you get the very the two very like different people it's like you have the ops person who's like very focused on like don't burn any money whatever and then whatever or the product person who i mean jack jack is neither of these ironically but uh he's still more on the product side uh, he's got an engineering background but he yeah he design yes. and product are a huge focus of him yes and so usually what that's yeah. what you see like i mean if you look at uber Travis was the product guy and they bought in Dara, who was the ops guy, just as an example. Now, mm. <laughs> I can't think of very many times where the CTO gets promoted and it's just astounding from that point of view. Also, he's been there for 10 years. Uh, That's important. So, it's actually really interesting because like, I'm not, also not convinced much will change uh, because like, that is basically since eternity ago. There, there are rumors, you know, there's that article from like 2019 that that big Trump mega donor had bought a controlling share of, of Twitter stock to and has been trying to get Jack out. I don't know like how factual Very that recent is. even. They were, like he tried to do it like a hostile vote or whatever. Um, I, the stock market's always been unfavorable of Twitter. Uh, again, like the stock market is rich people's feelings. So take that for what it is. And then... Yeah, I don't know. Like maybe, maybe Jack in a way was like, "I'm the reason this company's not scaling further." I mean, it was probably true. <laughs> like, did you read? Okay, so my favorite anecdotes that came out of this were like things like, uh, so Casey Neistat, Casey Neistat, Casey, what's his last name? Casey Newton. Yeah. yeah. Casey uh, Newton. There's this uh, platformer newsletter that he runs, and it's very good. Um, and he he wrote about uh, so, like some anecdotes from why Jack leaving is kind of interesting from the last year because I think the thing that's really interesting about Twitter right now is if, you, if this had happened two years ago, I would have been like, yeah, dead fish in the water anyway. So, like, who cares? Change the CEO. But in the last two years, they've suddenly just started shipping things. It's like weird. But it's just, it's because he wasn't present. Like my favorite example i'm just going to read this quote because it's so so uh true to what i've heard about twitter um and so here's what casey newton says he's like here's a story about jack not really wanting to be ceo i'm told that dorsey was ambivalent about the company's decisions to build fleets the thing where like the photos disappeared uh but he let the team launch it anyway at the end of last year a few months later during an all hands meeting someone asked him what he thought of the product and he shrugged and said it's not my thing that was the gist that Q&A was immediately followed by the fleet's team presenting their progress on the feature. Oh, my uh, God. But, like, I've, I've heard this anecdote repeatedly that he's just very, like, meh about everything. Uh, and I think uh, in the same email newsletter, he talks about how uh, Jack was spending less than 10% of his time there anyway. So, like, effectively, we'll see. Maybe he was stopping the Ethereum stuff. Like, maybe he was the last van- vanguard there. But that's That's what I'm worried about is that, Yes, maybe he left because he was stopping things that could have grown the company, but I also think he was stopping things that could have made Twitter worse. And so that's my hesitation is like, are we going to get Ethereum and more invasive ads? And is it going to blow like Facebook or Instagram? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But if he really didn't spend that much time there, I can't imagine it to be a giant I, w- I would argue that the way he spends his time is very efficient. So yeah. I think he can get a lot done in 10% of his time. Yeah. Like having worked with him, like him coming into a room and sharing his thoughts and then leaving mm-hmm. can create three months of work. Everybody in, in the room is like, gets on the page of like, this is his desire. Mm-hmm. Let's, wow. you know, run with this. Let's. So, uh, you maybe know, he can, know, maybe he if, can do a proposal of how to do a four day work week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I'm yeah. just like, if Steve Jobs walked into a room and you had worked at Apple for three years and never run into him and he says something and points at your team in a direction or product in a direction, I bet that product's going to go in that direction over the yeah. next five years. Like, yeah. Yeah. that's a good point. 
not to do the Jack Steve Jobs comparison like everyone loves to do, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, I Twitter is a funny one because I've been so unoptimistic on what they're up to for so long that like pr- prove me wrong <laughs> is where I'm at. Uh, but they did start making changes. I'm I do worry about that too. I'm like, there's enough grifting on there as it is. Like, do you want to you want to do more? Like, what what's the what's the play here? But let's give them let's give them. I was going to say the benefit of the doubt. Let's give him time. Let's see what happens. Maybe nothing changes. Like it's entirely possible. Yeah. We'll see. I just worry, you know how Facebook is always chasing what everybody else is doing. It's like, Oh, TikTok's popular. Let's turn Instagram into TikTok. I, I do hesitate of like Twitter trying to become something else because I don't know. We don't need another Instagram. Yeah. That's why Twitter has succeeded despite itself in the same yeah. way that podcasting has done well because nothing changed. <laughs> like they tweak surface level things, but the core functionality remains largely the same, which yeah. is interesting. Uh, yeah, can you? Because I saw I mean, some people going on about like, oh, decentralized Twitter where like everybody moderates itself. And I'm like, didn't we what? just get out of that? Like, yeah. yeah. Like, wasn't that the bad one? <laughs> I, I will say I'm always dubious because its owner keeps changing hands, but like Tumblr is aside from banning female presenting nipples, it's relatively <laughs> the same thing that it's been for a long time. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. And people still <laughs> love whole it. Rabbit hole right there. That's a rabbit. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I think, I think what I think is interesting about Twitter right now is they seem to kind of focus on marketing tools. Like for instance, yeah. the whole email thing where they bought this Dutch company review. Yeah. Uh, well, this because year. of the paid thing they want to like give features to people behind twitter blue as well yeah which is a different thing as well right but like i feel like that is kind of in line with the new stuff we will see as well yeah mm-hmm. rather than them changing it into something it's not if i think if if twitter were to bring out a separate app that is an instagram competitor i would be interested i mean that sounds interesting could you imagine them making any other app it's like unless it's unless every photo you upload is minted and could they make a DM oh, app first, please, sweet lord? Yeah, just yeah. buy Signal or whatever, or don't yeah. load, like do the. the I know it's open source. Like build on top of it and just. Oh, it's so weird. Oh, I, I'm curious. Uh, I know many months ago it seems there was rumors that someone was going to buy Discord. Did that happen? Is that no, something? No, it did not. I, I just, just think of like. Nowhere. Who else is in the social space? And it's like, well, you got Snap still. Yeah. But like Discord is a huge, I mean, especially for these NFT communities, but like it's a huge source of community. But yeah. you know what's interesting? There is a lot of chat apps right now that exist that are have a lot of active users that are extremely broken. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, Telegram is part of that as well, unfortunately. True. Um, I used to be like, hmm, maybe Telegram is a better alternative to WhatsApp. And I'm try- I, I'm getting at the point where I'm not so sure about that anymore. Because, yeah. for instance, say someone leaked your nudes in an app on Telegram, it's right. virtually impossible to find someone at Telegram to delete your photo. Oh, right. right. shit. Because they're like in Russia, they don't reply to whatever. Yeah. Exactly. And this is also happening to this other app called I w- uh, Kick. Oh, God. Oh, my God. There's a good Reply All episode about Kick. <laughs> no, it's a Darknet Diaries episode about Kick. Oh, that's Kick. it. Yes. That's, yeah, it's just like careened off into the wilderness and it's still running for some reason. <laughs> like, oh, was that the one that was like for college students? Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of young people. And then didn't it get sold? They tried to do the cryptocurrency. Then it got sold to like some rando company and they just literally run the servers and don't. Yeah. It's not Remember Kick did this thing then was very new with the initial coin coin offering. Yes. And everyone could buy in. Oh yeah. my gosh. And, and then the, the SEC, people, like, killed the people who did that, they were like, hey, this coin thing is cool. Yeah. This chat app can suck my cock and they <laughs> sold it off. <laughs> yeah. And then they sold it off to a, a party that obviously didn't know what they were getting into yeah, yeah. and they're just trying to get company. it profitable with ads yeah uh but they're not moderating it anymore well and they're not uh, please link the D- darknet diaries show because it's oh, yeah, fascinating yeah. they're not even mon- uh, maintaining the code and the funniest slash terrifying thing about it is it leaked at one point the source code so people yeah. have found 
exploits that they can do through the app so they can like send unlimited messages or like do things that shouldn't be allowed <laughs> and like the company's just like you're on your own and all these people are just using it it's oh and just so you know this app is on the app store and uh it's written with child pornography yeah right so, oh my god yeah i don't know why apple's not doing something god, about that instead still of existed. Uh, holy yeah. crap yeah good point frederica I, f- I feel like apple usually uh is better about that yep but not now well so that's a good warning not to download it and play around with it yeah yeah I feel like the you, you don't problem want with to. Apple is they won't moderate anything until there's like some media yelling about it because they're like, that's yeah. it. Their strategy is like. The, the guy who was hosting this uh, podcast is like, I'm not downloading that. I, I'm not risking yeah. going on there and accidentally getting uh, child yeah. pornography. Yeah, that's Because crazy. what they used to do is they used to use those hashes where you could right. search for um, known photos. Yeah, the image without right? knowing what's in the image. Yeah, exactly. Oh, We've right. talked about these before. Um, uh, but they just stopped the service because it's too expensive. Very expensive. Yeah, yeah. It's and I, I think it's actually um, crazy that this is an expensive service. This service shouldn't cost lots of money. Yeah, like Microsoft it's could about just like, make it free or something. Like, but yeah. Anyway, uh, how do we end up on Kick? Well, uh, I said it before, and I will say it again: is bring Path back. Oh yeah. my gosh! But yeah, we were that talking day, about. Margo. We were talking about like yeah. what would be a good DM client for Twitter because there's so many dying apps out there. Like if they would get something like Kick, sweep it, uh, clean it, and flip it, it would be interesting. Yeah, it's yeah. a shame. Every app gets big, and you're like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. Have you? Has anyone tried Glass? What's, I don't know no, what it that's is. That's the like photographer community thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, they're yeah. like. Yeah, Instagram used to be for photographers. Well, was it ever? But it used to market itself as for photographers. And they're like, photographers want Instagram, but better. But it's iOS only, so. Interesting. Yeah, and I was also looking at it and I was like, would this be like a place where I could show my art as well? Mm. Um, But it's so focused on photographers that I'm like, it's probably the wrong community for me. Yeah, like the URL is like glass.photo. Yeah. (laughs) Well, what's on glass.com? I don't know. I'm curious now. Yeah. I'm always curious what those domains have on them. If they build out their service and then just make another one that's like .art or something, you know, like what if they had like separate platforms that might be Yeah, there's actually something on glass.com. It's like some, it's always like some generic aggregator, right? Like whenever it's a good domain, um, I'm working on something at work called hydrogen and we were like, oh, I wonder what's on hydrogen.com. And I'm pretty sure it's just like some generic. Oh, no, this one's a website under construction. Big 90s energy. No <laughs> way. Classic. Uh, anyway, so we have any final topics for our last eight minutes? We can do the intro. Oh, we didn't even do that. <laughs> I mean, it's long. So, yeah, we should just do the intro and uh, call Sad. it that. We, <laughs> I have to move now. So, we'll probably do one one last one before Christmas. But before this, I was buying a house. That's where we were. So. Yeah, we got to figure out the time zone of this. Yeah. It's, I think it'll good. be doable. It's just going to be hard. a little bit of dancing. I mean, I, I would also be able to, like, record evenings, for instance. Yeah. Probably I think it would even... It would pr- probably even be more comfortable in, in ways because a wine. I, f- I find myself um, breaking up my whole day with doing a recording at like yeah. one or two. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll experiment with it. It's re- relevant to the people listening. <laughs> yeah. you just get it in your app. Well, I mean, if we did a live, it might be relevant. True. But I w- I'm interested. To, the, the one interesting thing about moving is I'll be in the time zone where Apple events happen. So, like... Everybody tweeting 10 a.m. PT will actually mean something to me now. We, we talked about this last time. I, I think a superior Apple event experience is drunk in the evening. Oh, yeah. you're I, I 100%. I endorse this I message. I was at um, the last event. I was with Charlie and Mark in yeah. Valencia and Ooh, watched it in their living fun. room. Just and it was toasted. so fun. Yeah, we just got <laughs> drunk and like. So you can't really do fun. that. And like even on the Eastern uh, East Coast, it's like 1 p.m. here. It's not quite one o'clock. It's not good. Yeah. Anyway, uh, do you want to? Should we? I think we should say farewell. You can do your little intro. Everyone's like, if you've made it this far, we don't have to do do this. Oh, fine. Yeah, we just launched straight into it. Zach, Freddie, Owen, (laughs) you got it. Episode one seventy four. We'll be back soon. I hope to do one more episode before the end of the year. It depends on my shipment of shit that I'm sending tomorrow arriving before Christmas, but they say it will. So, in theory, there'll be one more. Let's see. (laughs) The trick. 
is to bring enough stuff with you that you don't care when your shipment shows up. Yes. We're taking camping chairs. <laughs> like Perfect. A camping table. Yes. Like, uh, we already bought a new mattress on Black Friday, <laughs> so it won't matter too much. But uh, when we moved to Amsterdam, we already did, uh, not Amsterdam, when we moved to Toronto, we did this too. It's like camping inside your own house. It's kind of funny. Anyway, on that note, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Bye, biscuits. Bye, biscuits. I like that we're still doing by biscuits. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Let yeah, me show like you. Pre-Frederica and I. I know. Uh, you should stop recording. I should show you that.